0: Welcome to the USMEX Today podcast, produced by the Center for U.S. Mexican Studies at UC San Diego's School of Goal Policy and Strategy. In today's podcast, USMAX USMEX fellow, Sylvia Lopez, discusses U.S.-Mexico cross-border work in her talk titled, Mexican Transporter Care Workers in the Tijuana-San Diego Region, a Profession of Life at the Intersection of Gender, Welfare, and Migration. I'm very honored to have here
1: today. Well, as you know, I'm doing the research about women trans, women care workers, Mexican women care workers in the area of San Diego, Tijuana. I'm going to read some parts of my work and I'm going to try to explain some other. So uh, there is an increasing participation of women in international migrations and global economies, such as the case of women of the Global South as care workers in Global North countries. A great deal of research document and analyze this phenomenon on the light of global care chains and the circulation of care approaches, and these perspectives emphasize a transnational dimension. Care labouring has been part of the history of the cities at uh, the border uh, between Mexico and the United States, however, literature has paid less attention to to this type of work tra- or oh, trans- transmigration, particularly care labor, to fill the void in, in this doc- document or in this uh, work. Okay. So, what I'm trying to do here is um, to provide some I- insights into the understanding and experiences of transborder care workers, more specifically, of Mexican women residents of Tijuana who cross the border in a regular basis to take care of the children and elderly in San Diego, while simultaneously studying or working and participating in intergenerational care arrangements within their families in Tijuana. The international border, Tijuana-San Diego, is a unique place which makes possible dynamics of demand and supply supply of care, labouring in a global, care crisis context. In this study, I privileged care as labor and as a factor which at the crossroads of gender migration and care regimes articulates the participation of different actors, the state, labor, markets, and families. Based on interviews with care laborers in 2016, I focus on their transborder labor trajectories which express the and labor mobility of workers at the intersection of uh, migration and gender, as well on the participation of women in circles of care which are articulated through their relationships with employers, the persons who receive care and other workers. Well, I first talk about some uh, concepts, about care as uh, social care and care work. And, um, well, there, there is a global and systemic crisis that privileges capital over the well-being of individuals with impacts in different parts of the world. I depart from a feminist perspective that centers the attention in the sustainability of human life in the context of a crisis of social reproduction. In the Global North, professional women have to balance the demands of family and work, and the lack of state provision of care services creates a non-qualified demand of care and domestic service, while in the Global South, the crisis of social reproduction has its origin in poverty (coughs) and unemployment, as well as in demographic dynamics, mobilizing women to migrate and work as care laborers and domestic servants. The, the care crisis and attraction dynamics have created an international division of reproductive work which is transforming along time, producing inequalities in different levels and dimensions. About the concept of care, uh, well, uh, this, this concept is, uh, it has been the object of uh, discussion in the social science in the last two decades. Uh, for instance, Dalai and Lois propose the concept of social care as an activity and a set of relationships between state, the market, the family, and the civil society. Care regimes, or what Razavi calls as the diamond of care, refer to how societies organize their resources to satisfy the care demands of their populations. As a concept, care is central to the discussion of the welfare state and the redefinition of public policies. Here I concentrate on care as labor, and particularly female labor, which articulates the different actors in social care regimes. Care includes activities and relations oriented to fulfill the physical, and emotional needs of children and elderly, and are structured by kinship, community, and family relationships. It's a central factor of care economy, and frequently considered as unpaid work mostly a female and invisible domain which is not part of GDP. Unpaid care is part of households' reproductive work and its contribution is central to well-being, social development and the reproduction of labor force. While care also involves a wide range of activities that are carried out in hospitals and nursing homes, as well as in the educational institutions and service-oriented professions, debates about care often consider it as working, uh, consider it's, it's a, a working or reproductive activities such as housekeeping, informal shelter, or elderly care. So, I think that the trans-border um, dimension of care is very important, and is these immigrant women or trans-migrants trans uh, articulate both care regimes in Mexico and the United States. And, um, but uh, I'm going to focus only on the, on the circles of care they create uh, around care labor, uh, the work they, they do in the United States. Even though they have these different links with with, uh, the, the different actors in each regime. So, in this study, I define care work as the remunerated provision of personal services for children, elder, and dependents at the home of the employer. These activities are mostly carried out by women and include physical, social, and affective attention. Of the care laborer to the care receivers in different stages of the life course. Care is also time demanding and it has a relational character between the caregiver and the care receiver. Uh, Some men also carry out caring activities. I use the term transporter care worker to refer to Mexican women who live in the metropolitan area. of Tijuana and Ensenada and cross the border to work as nannies to assist children with activities of dressing, eating, drive them to school and other daily activities, and elder or those incapacitated to some degree who need help with personal activities of daily living, such as dressing, eating and toileting, as well as assistance in shopping, banking, etc. Transborder women caregivers in this study are informal and paid and work at the home of the persons they provide care. So I um, distinguish uh, different dimensions of care uh, labor, uh, which are uh, uh, material, physical, and emotional. Uh, some of the main um, approaches that uh, uh, studied um, this. Um, um, uh, the increasing participation of, of women in, in care work um, are um, the, the, the global change approach uh, this is to focus the attention in the inequalities of gender and pro- ethnicity produced at the core of care activities. Hauschild describes the global change of care as sets of personal links among people across the globe based on the paid or unpaid work of caring. While migrant wa- women work as care laborers in households and institutions of the global north countries, in their own homes they delegate caring activities to female kin. Yet points out that there is a value chain transfer of care from women of the global south to the global north, and Merlin-Baldazar argued that the global change of care framework proposes a system of exploitation and movement of cheap female care workers. On the other hand, Merlin-Baldazar proposed the concept of care circulation as a complementary approach of the political economy of mobilities and Paid care, focusing in intrafamilial duties and solidarities, the care circulation approach merged in order to explain the complex dynamics of the origin and destiny societies and expand the inquiry to the to explain the complex dynamics and expand the inquiry to consider the migration flows flows within countries or between countries of the global south or the global north. This approach focuses on the flows of care and tries to show the asymmetries of reciprocity on social networks among transnational families. These two authors argue that despite the distance, transnational families build a sense of familyhood and they share care responsibilities. However, these exchanges mostly rely on women in increasing their workload in the family. So this uh, approach uh, makes visible interactions between key political and, economical motivations, and economic motivations and migration with an em- emphasis in family houses and the domestic sphere. Uh, to Merlin Baldassar, care is given and returned at different times and to different degrees across the life course and can be described as circulating among family members over time as well as distance. I compare these two approaches and well the care circulation approach tries to go beyond the the global care change because um, this uh, approach unveiled the inequalities in the global change of care. So the care circulation, it has also a transnationalism perspective, but it also considers different types of migrations. And uh, it focuses uh, particularly in the inequality relations in transnational families. And uh, it considers uh, profile, women as married, women with children. And it also focuses on transnational motherhood and mostly in child care well i think that i have this discussion with um, some other people for instance with some colleagues and colleagues. Uh, so they argue that transborder relationships are part of uh, transnationalism and uh, i can agree with that but i think that uh, Transbordering is very important and some uh, specificities that uh, can explain what is going on in, in these um, areas. So um, in my perspective, which is a transbordering perspective, I consider migration south to south, south to north. Uh, and transmigration, of course, and uh, a transborder dimension of care labor, and uh, I consider transbordering as uh, relying on border proximity, frequency, and intensity of cross-bordering and the commitment with the activities people do in every day day life. And uh, here I consider not only childcare but also. Caregiving of um, different persons and as well as a diverse profile of care workers, not only uh, married uh, women with children. And most important, I consider that inequalities and reciprocities have to be analyzed not only within the family or between the families, but also in the relationships of care workers with employers, care receivers, and other workers. So this is what I call Cycles of care, and I depart from the circulation of care approach, and I think that we have to go deeper to see how this this works not only in the family or within the family, but also in uh, the relationships that care workers have with other social social actors. So this is what I consider c- cycles of care. Make visible relationships between key political, economic, and cultural motivations, considering not only family networks, but the relationships between care workers, employers, and those who receive care. Emphasizing the reciprocities and asymmetries between these different actors. And um, well, this is um, taken from the circulation of care approach in part. And um, well, these are the, uh, the care dimensions this is uh, empirical data from my interviews, and um, but well, I'm gonna talk about this after that. So uh, I also talk about uh, care workers' policies because circulation of care is asymmetrical and creates ties among members in a network of reciprocity, obligation, love, and trust. But it's also proud with tension, conflicts, and relations of unequal power. These inequalities and reciprocities are present in the relationships between transborder care laborers with their employers and care beneficiaries and other care laborers. Uh, It's important to consider that among the employers it seems to be social construction of Mexican care workers as hardworking, effective, caring, and devoted. Care workers might dispute this notion and they have more consciousness about their rights and their land to negotiate the salaries, their working conditions, and identities. So this is what I call as their care worker policies. Well, this is a study that I started in 2016. I um, applied for a fellowship to the National Council of National Technology in Mexico, but they said that the study was very interesting, but they cannot fund it because they don't have enough resources. So my intention was to do a comparative study in three different regions of uh, the United States and Mexico, El Paso, Texas, and Ciudad Juarez, Tijuana, San Diego, and Matamoros-Brownsville. But because I didn't have money, so I decided to do only in this region. And uh, at that time, I did some interviews. And now, while I was uh, here at the center, I thought that it was uh, a very good uh, opportunity to continue my field work. However, I have some problems because the caravana of migrants created uh, an environment of risk for for uh, care workers so i i have made some contacts and they i have some appointments to to do the interviews but finally they all of them say no because they were afraid of being deported because uh, they crossed the border with uh, with a visa so with a tourist visa a tourist visa, that's right, they don't have a working permit, of course. And uh, well, this is a qualitative study, exploratory, and I have no intention of generalization, but to know the process about how, how these uh, women be- became in, in trans-border care workers and uh, their experiences. And so they, this can not be measured, but feel understood, comprehended, and interpreted through the collection of their experiences. I use some census data. It's very difficult to have information about this group of women because uh, these are mobile populations, but uh, one of my colleagues, Pedro Raga, told me that the, the Mexican census included some information, so I work with uh, that uh, descriptive data. And uh, uh, I also use trajectories as an analytical tool for the understanding of how care laborers live and work across international border, Tijuana, San Diego. Well, some data about transmigration and care work. It seems that uh, according to the analysis of ORACA and Vargas in Cubes, it seems that transmigrant population is decreasing in. All across the border, but uh, this data is for the Tijuana-San Diego region. So in Tijuana, it's decreasing from 5.6 to 4.5 between 2000 and 2010. However, women trans migrants increase from 23 to 30 percent. So, and there is um, some... uh, occupation which is called elementary occupations that represent uh, 31.7 percent so this uh, was a very important data for me and also because i see that the number of women between 2000 and 2010 increased in 100 percent while their wages are higher than in tijuana (laughs) Their wages are higher than in Tijuana. Care labor is is part of the informal market of domestic service in the United States. And this uh, informal activity has a profile of precarious work. The migration status of care laborers contributes to the precariousness of the activity. In a previous paper, I talked about about it more than uh, perspective of labor markets, and uh, I see how Precarious is this work in terms of the lack of contracts and um, the poor organization of work, uh, long journeys, etc., and uh, low wages and the lack of social benefits. Because uh, what I what I saw in the literature is that uh, the there was this idea that uh, women care workers in the United Stel- States or in other uh, global North countries had this profile of married women with children. And I, th- and I think that uh, this is something that is uh, changing through time, and I saw the uh, other studies that also show that there is an increasing number of uh, young women which are participating in this type of work. And, I, and this is what I also see in the case of uh, of Tijuana, because the women in the age group uh, less than 30 years old uh, increased from 16.7 to 47.2 in 2015. And you, you can see also that uh, in 2000, there were 459 uh, women working as care laborers, and, um in two thousand fifteen is the the double to And um uh some of their characteristics well, their average age uh increases in two thousand ten I think because at that time there were more older women working in these activities because it was the time of the global crisis it's uh, also important to to consider that uh, um, their educational attainment. In 2015, 13.8% of these women attended high school. As a matter of fact, in my interviews, there are three women that went to the university, not only high school, but the, the university. So it's the average hours of daily service. And, and the average weekly or hourly wages, and which are lower than the the average that for a formal care laborer in the, in California, which is about almost $29,000 a year. This is the socio-demographic profile of my care workers and my interviewees, less than 30 years old. They are married. One is separated. One widow. Surprisingly, I just find one woman with uh, small children, and uh, because the young women were married, but they, they were in the uh, in an earlier stage of the life uh, of the life course, household life course, and the other way were in the last stage of the life course. So the young ones went to college, and uh, the other had um, high school or secondary. Mm. They cross most of them cross with tourist visa. One of, of them is a citizen of the United States, and, and one uh, one woman was in uh, the transition to have a, a residency. They uh, have long time working as care laborers. And um, their work arrangements are living. Li- mon- most of them, only one of them, uh, was um, an, in a live out arrangement. Uh, the one that w- uh, uh, was uh, living here, and she was in the transition to be sorry to be a resident. Their weekly wages are variable. You can see. But uh, what I notice is that uh, those women with uh, higher education have a, a better income. And uh, of course, they, do, they don't have social benefits uh, because they are in the formal market. And, but some of them have social protection in Tijuana. They have social security because their husbands or because uh, they also work in Tijuana. So in that way, they can get... Uh, Ims. Silvia, yeah. do you know if those who uh, say they live in, are they live in with Mexican families or American families? They live with American families, uh, with the exception of Rita. She lives with a... Uh, Interesting, because I thought there
0: yeah. were
1: Mexican families. Yeah, there, there, uh, there's a lot of Mexican families in San Diego. And they, of course, uh, have a uh-huh. care workers and housekeepers from Tijuana.
0: Are yeah. we talking about race or citizenship when we say American and
1: Mexican? Citizenship, citizenship.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean they yeah. could be Mexican Americans. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. But there's a lot of Mexicans who live yes,
1: here. I know yeah, this is the case of Rita. She lives in a neighborhood with a lot of Mexican families, very wealthy families from Tijuana, so they hire women from Tijuana to work at their houses mm-hmm. in, in both Mexico, and in Tijuana, and in San Diego.
0: So the social protection, oh, sorry. so it's always through IMSS? Yeah, IMSS. Well?
1: Uh, no, no, I don't remember. That they say something about Seuro Popular, they have, they have im's, basically, yeah. But not all of them. So, I elaborate these uh, work trajectories, and I and I talk about trans-border work trajectories because uh, some of them, like uh, Adela, work in Mexico and work in. In San Diego. They also, uh, she was also a student when she started his career as caregiver of elderly. She was a student and she used to work on weekends and then sometimes she, she dropped school and then she spent six months here working and then she continued studying and working in Tijuana. As a matter of fact she was a uh, assistant. She, she worked at El Colegio La Frontera Norte, so she was interested in, in a career as um, scholar. And she also was teaching at the University of Baja California. But uh, she said that uh, uh, this uh, work as caregiver uh, gave her the opportunity to do what she really wanted to do. So she earned she said that she learned uh, earn a, a, a lot of money uh, doing this uh, this job then uh, we can see his trajectory the green part is um, in she, she used to live in rosarito and uh, the blue part is in, in san diego she worked with different type of patients she was part of a of a network of care workers this was a Family network and uh, I was very impressed about it because they were very well organized. So they take turns. Oh, sorry, turns. (laughs) So uh, uh, 24, 48-hour turns, and to take care of one patient. And uh, the job ended when the patient uh, passed away. So they have to to get another another patient and uh, they built a network of uh, employers and uh, they call they they call they used to call them as the dream team because mm-hmm. they were very famous because they were very good at this so uh, one of the uh, there was the the aunt that started started this group and she trained the uh, the nieces and daughters and so they read a lot about uh, illness, for instance, about Alzheimer, etc. So I think that this uh, very well this uh, this uh, trajectory very well illustrates the the transborder issue, because uh, she was uh, back and forth all the time, and um, but she was you U citizen, and she but she. Lived all uh, her life in Tijuana with uh, her father and sisters. And um, so. so and
0: when you're saying about these ships, you know, they work like 24, 48 hours, and she's making $20 an hour and she works weekends, so she got paid like the 24 hours right. of Saturday. That's what of 24 she said. hours of Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> she said that she can save enough money to live six months without working.
0: So when she did her M.A. in Spain, yeah. like she paid for that from her savings?
1: Or uh, she it up? seems as if she got a an scholarship. Oh, okay. And I, she finally went to live to Barcelona because she met someone there. Yes. So she, she got married. And I, and I know that in Barcelona, there, there is a very important market right. of care workers and i i asked her uh, would you like to work there she said no of course not because they don't pay uh well as uh, they do in the united states so this is a very big um, global market and you can see in the in the internet there are a lot of pages that uh, uh, offering this type of works and there is there are people uh, all, all over the world, not only from Mexico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is another uh, transborder care work trajectory. Well, this is another work trajectory, but this is different because she first uh, work, used to work in, in, in Ensenada's garment factory, but uh, mm-hmm. then when she tried to, go, to return to the labor market, she couldn't do it because she, uh, because uh, her age, so she tried to to work in the United States, and someone get her this um, job as a child, as a, nanny, as a nanny. So she used to go back and forth, but then she decided not to re- renew her visa when it expired because there was a rumor that uh, CBP was taking uh, the, the visas because they have a record of all your cross They So there is a pattern. So oh, you are working in the United States. So they, she decided to stay in San Diego, and her family comes to, to Chula Vista to, to see her. So, well, there are also these patterns of um, mobility. Uh, Friday afternoon, when they work on weekend and they return to Tijuana on Sunday night or vice versa. But uh, this uh, also, there is uh, this um, reversal of uh, pattern. When when they are young, they used to work on weekends, and then after that, they, they work the whole week. The resident pattern, well, they live in with uh, the families they work with. Okay, so these uh, are some of the care strategies and families of workers and employers. I uh, did not uh, interview the employers, but uh, the care workers told me some some things about these families. And uh, there was a middle class family that pay for childcare, and many wealthy families that pay for elderly care. And one family that had access to Medicare, another family that uh, had access to private insurance. Some of them are uh, double earners. So this kind of work uh, is uh, cheaper than if they hire uh, formal care work. So uh, the families of the care workers, well, they resolve their uh, care needs. The the husbands uh, uh, take care of children and do the domestic work, but uh, when they return to Tijuana during weekends, so they supervise children and everything in the household. And sometimes they uh, delegate uh, the care, for instance, of the sick mother to the sisters. And um, as I say, well, some of them uh, have access to Social Security by their employment in Mexico or the husband employment. Well, I talk about the cycles of care between employers and care workers. And I see that, well, uh, this is something that I am uh, still working on, but uh, I see that uh, in the material realm, some uh, employers give to the care workers royalties like gifts and uh, or pay back vacations or something like that and they also make them some loans for instance to buy a car and the the workers make some errands conquer when they got when employers go to vacations and pet care that uh, i mean these things are not part of the the work the work they supposed to do so, this is something in exchange, and some uh, well, this is the material. The physical sphere, they well, the the workers receive board, board and meals, and and transportation. Sometimes employers go to pick them up to the to the trolley and uh, uh, i think this is very important and uh, the emotional realm because these are relations relationships constructed on trustness confidence and loyalty and they want uh, for instance the employers want to know the family of the the worker these are relationships that are built through time because some of these women I, i'm talking about the, the last job because some of these women before they have a very bad job they, where they feel they were exploited. So they finally I guess with uh, with her experience and by using their, the social networks they, they finally uh, improve uh, their wages and labor labor conditions. And these are the cycles of care between care workers and care receivers. And well, this uh, in the material realm, well, these are the activities that the care workers have to do for the persons they care, they are taking care of. So in the physical, well, uh, the same thing. But I, I guess that is in the emotional realm where lies the exchange between them because they build a very strong relationship and, and some of them teach Spanish to the children, and uh, there is this hugging and kissing and chatting, and they, some children teach uh, to, to the nanny to use the cell phone, and they take pictures at each other, etc. and there is uh, this intense social interaction with, uh, with the children's family and the friends. Finally, I, I would like to, to talk about the care worker Policies because, as I said at the beginning, there is this much of Mexican or Latin women as uh, submissive, affectionate, uh, emotional, and they have the mission of taking care of others. But um, what I see is that uh, these women uh, have the chance to negotiate their salaries and their identities, so this is uh, what I call care worker policies, for instance, this uh, lady that the the employer said, oh, well, uh, you are not, uh, I don't need you anymore on weekends, so you are going to to have $50 instead of 60 and then she negos- negotiated with her, and she was very upset because she said, how come she does that to me? If I..." I'm so fond of the their children. I I raise them very well. And then one uh, friend of the lady offered uh, another job to to the care worker, and she said, "Okay, I'm going to go with you." And then the the lady said, "No, no, no, but because you have to take care of my children." Okay, okay, I'm going to pay you sixty, you know. And then this is why she negotiated. and. Negotiated so, and uh, in this last um, example, there is also this negotiation of, uh, of feelings, and uh, it's also <coughs> it illustrates the women's agency because uh, this uh, woman was very, very bad treated in the family, and and she said, "I don't wanna uh, uh, work with them anymore." But uh, she said the girl was very fond of me, but uh, I have to take care of myself. And this was very important, you know. They, they, in the family, they say, "Oh no, but you are like a mother to her, and things like that." And that uh, is part of the employer's discourse. Uh, and but she said, "No, no, I, 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 I can't stay in this job anymore." But I can say goodbye to the child. I just could not do it. If I talk to her, she will convince me not to go. It hurt my feelings, but I knew that I had to go without looking behind. The family kept calling me. They sent my things over because I could not go to get them. They sent me over some pictures, and the child wrote me a note. I said, this is tough, but I... Uh, she she didn't return to that job she she got a very good job and she had like five years in in that job as as nanny of two children so um, i have no conclusions but uh, these are some of my of my findings i would like to or oh, to build a typology of transborder trajectories, but I know that I need more material, empirical material to, to do that, and also to make a stronger my argument about the circles of care. I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you so
0: Thank you for listening to the U.S. USMEX Today podcast. The Center for US-Mexican Studies at UC San Diego's School of Global Policy and Strategy contributes to the ongoing integration process between the US and Mexico by providing a forum of thought leaders to engage in public dialogue and training. The center supports a vibrant community of innovative scholars and practitioners and undertaking cutting-edge research to guide policy decisions. For more information about the center, visit usmax.ucsd.edu and or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Till next time.